0: So I found the best way to deal with people who are generally disorganized is to give them deadlines and to follow up.
1: I do that, but I add one more step, which is to tell them what happens if we don't have that. that oh, great, so, great point. So
0: for these people, you just need to be, you need to create extra communication and line up process in like email form so it gives them time to process
1: it. That's what you wanna be in this situation is the voice of reason in the room. Right, right. You are not the one to get overly emotional with them and come and combat them with more emotion that's
0: not what they need they need the voice of reason they need someone with stability the worrier okay these people will create hypotheticals on top of hypotheticals to attempt to solve the maze in their mind And so it's fear of the unknown dealing with difficult people the real estate edition if you've been in real estate and done more than one transaction you've had to deal with a difficult client, a difficult real estate agent on the other side. And we're going to talk about that. And, and by the way, this can manifest in several ways. It can be lack of communication, arguments, emotional outbursts, ignorance, inexperience, narcissism. There's so many ways we can encounter conflict in a real estate transaction. So let's, let's talk about how to handle that and, um, how to, how to process it and get to closing. Cause that's the most important thing. Um, so let's jump right on. Um, And the first thing that I always think about is just understanding who you're dealing with in these transactions. Uh, You know, a lot of times we can sort of get dragged into, you know, different, you know, or or you can be surprised, you know, in in communication because you don't know. And what I will say is you really, you might have a friend that has been your friend for a long time and they're going to get in this high stress situation, which moving is number three in terms of stress. And they're going to become a person that you don't know. And so having a framework to sort of sort through and understand who they're being in this high-stress state and how to handle that individual in that high-stress state. So get so getting some understanding of, of how that works. And so I like to break things into avatars. <clears throat> I think it helps to sort of personalize. Um, you know, not everybody's going to fit perfectly into these avatars, but generally you can kind of get an idea. So the number one is just that person that is laid back inattentive surprised that they found themselves in a real estate transaction and they're really good people, but they have so much going on and they haven't learned to prioritize that appropriately or put all of this new work that needs to be done in their life. Because when you're buying a house or, or if you're a real estate agent and you're in the transaction, there's all these extra things that you need to do on top of stuff that you are already mm-hmm. doing. Yep. So people who are just generally disorganized, uh, They're going to find themselves in a mess, and so this can cause like problems in terms of and you know you understand this as a lender like not getting people to give you docs and tax returns. Yeah, I was going to say
1: this is the avatar I run into a fair amount on the lending side, which is you know just someone who's not attentive enough to give me things I need. And really, I I, we've talked about this on another episode. Like lenders these days, um, depends on which banks you're working with, but I can close really quick, like five to seven days. But that requires the buyer to give me everything I need on time when I ask for it same day. And you know, that there's a lot of times that you run into people
0: that, yeah, they're generally cooperative, but it can be frustrating. Sometimes you're like, Hey, they're not getting back with me or why didn't they call me back or, or <coughs> why won't they get that s- stuff to me? And so it can be really frustrating. So I found the best way to deal with people who are generally disorganized is to give them deadlines and to follow up. Right. And so be like, Hey, that's great. Uh, Let's get that by uh, end of day tomorrow. I'm going to call you at 5 p.m. just to make sure we've got that done.
1: Yeah, I do that, but I add one more step, which is to tell them what happens if we don't have that. Oh, great great point. Yeah, so like um, if you don't get me X, Y, Z doc by this time, then we'll find ourselves in a situation where we're we're not going to be able to make our closing date because of this. And usually if you impose that sort of like – and don't make up stuff. Make it real, but, you know, usually that – prompts them. All right, this is serious. I need to set set some time. Yeah. People
0: are generally motivated by what they're going to lose versus what they're going to gain. That's right. So yeah, that's a a great tip is just like, yeah, create the, uh, sometimes it's carrot, sometimes stick. And you're saying, Hey, use the stick. Say, Hey, if you don't give this to me tomorrow, we're not gonna be able to close on time and not in a rude way.
1: No. And and always it it just depends on the situation, right? Like if you're getting everything you need by just telling them, I need this by this date, then yeah, just keep operating like that. But if it's starting to become a problem, which is what we're talking about here, that's when you're like, all right, if we don't have this by tomorrow, this is what happens. Right.
0: The second type of person is the ultra conscientious person. So they're going to be real specific. They're going to wear you out with details, um, contract wording, what's the process. Sometimes these people can border on suspicion. You know, they think that people are trying to take advantage of them or are scared that people are going to try to take advantage of them. Um, and they ask, yeah, again, they ask lots and lots of questions. And so sometimes it can be exhausting. Um, And so for these people, you just need to be, you need to create extra communication and line out process in like email form. So it gives them time to process it. I found, I found that with these ultra conscientious emails, a great form of communication with bullet points on how things happen.
1: Yeah. These people typically need time to process, as you alluded to, typically need time to formulate their response and give you something that's uh, probably very wordy. The, one, the way I combat this one, you know, typically is we don't want to send too many red flags early. So the more elaborate you are with extra details that aren't important or are too specific, they're going to be like, this is going to be a difficult person to work with. I'm not picking that contract.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, yeah, it, with the ultra conscientious, yeah, you, you do want to be communicative, not overly communicative. You don't want to wear them out, but also give them time to process. I, I find with ultra conscientious people, they don't like to be put on the spot. That's right. Like I don't like if I said, hey, uh, what do you want to do? They're going to be like, well, yeah, they're, they're not going to be want to be put on the spot like that. And so I find it's best to go, hey, here's a response from the seller. Let's talk later today. Or here's a response from the buyer. Let's talk later today. Uh, here are the potential outcomes based on this.
1: Yeah, response. I think that's a great way to handle it is just send them a list of here's some options on how we can respond to this. Think about it and let me know what you think.
0: Right. Yeah, very good. Okay, the third is the argumentative or emotional person. So these people are reactive, can be very reactive in their communication. Uh, exclamation points! They can fire off angry texts, uh, angry phone call. Uh, they want to pull you into their emotionalism, or they want you to get you know angry or upset as well, or they want you to maybe sometimes take their side, right? Like they want you to be as upset as them about something. It, they they. Um, So, yeah, it can be very difficult. My sense from these people is that they need time. uh, They need empathy. They need agreement where you're saying, yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from. Right. Uh, Yeah, I can see how you would, you know, maybe I would feel the same way or something like that. So you you, they want you to sort of you, you don't have to get angry. You don't have to get upset. But they want you to sympathize with them or empathize with them yeah. in the process.
1: These are my favorite because they're so far they're they're so far different from me that it's like it's very easy for me because that's what you want to be in this situation is the voice of reason in the yeah. room. Right, you are not the one to get overly emotional with them and come and combat them with more emotion. That's not what they need. They need the voice of reason. They need yeah. someone with stability. Um, be there. Be stable. Be tell them exactly what c- could or couldn't happen in any sort of scenario. Yeah. And, uh, they'll, they'll work through their process and they'll come out on the other side.
0: Yeah. I find it's good to help them feel heard in that process. Like basically repeating back to them what their issue is so that they feel like their emotional or where, how are they feeling is validated. Absolutely. And then once they feel heard, then you can deal with it. If you come out too strong with arguments or pushback, uh, then that can be perceived indirectly and then they'll start to argue with you. So they might be upset at the buyer, Mm -hmm. might be upset at the seller, but they can pull you into that or the realtor could be upset with their client and they could pull you into that. So um, yeah. And I find that the other thing that these people need is time. A lot of times they just need, uh, you know, an hour two hours in the day, something like that, because, and this is part of your professionalism, professionalism as an agent is learning how to um, work with time on things like this. Uh, but you know, we have, we all have three brains, you know, we have, you know, a lizard brain, right. Or fight or flight that's overlaid with a mammal brain, right. That's your emotional. And then that's overlaid with a primate brain, which is logic. And so what I find is people, their, their fight or flight will trigger that emotionalism. So they're going to be scared, which is going to make them emotional and they need time to get into the logic. So we just need to let, let them work through that process. And so sometimes time just is the salt, the solution there. Okay. Um, the worrier, okay. These people will create hypotheticals on top of hypotheticals to attempt to solve the maze in their mind. And so it's fear of the unknown is what you're dealing with. And so they may be ignorant to the process. They may, uh, uh, be scared to, you know, lose money. I mean, you know, again, uh, they're going to, Hey, what happens if this, and then if this happens and, you know, uh, you know, it's like, well, what happens if lightning strikes the house? You know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's, we can do what ifs all day long. And so it's just establishing with the worrier, it's like, hey, look, there are a million potential outcomes and we'll drive ourselves crazy going down the potential outcomes. But what I can tell you is 90% of the time we work these things out uh, and we'll deal with problems as they come up because it doesn't make, you know, you don't want to get too far down the road and solving a problem that's never going to happen. And 90% of the stuff that you worry about is not going to happen anyway. So, uh, but you do, you also need to, uh, exhibit patience with those people to explain things as best as you can. Um, you know, but, but yeah, that can be kind of exhausting. Yeah. You're
1: you're bringing your experience to the table is what this one needs is, uh, the warrior needs is your experience. Bring that to the table and then be an educator. Tell them everything that happens from the stage they're in now to they find themselves in their home on Christmas morning. They need to know every step. Yeah. And the more they know, the less they worry. And right. that's how
0: you combat it. Right. And the other thing that I like with a worrier, and, and I say this a lot of times in the middle of a transaction, is hey, this is normal. This is normal. Yeah. It's normal for the client to push back on this particular thing. And so that gives them a sense that everything's under control. Everything's going to be fine. This is normal. Okay. Um, the other one is the alpha. So this person wants to be in charge. Knows better than you, has done more of these than you, have more experience, right? They're continually reaffirming how experienced they are. Uh, yeah, I had my real estate license. I mean, I've, uh, you know, they're, the, these alphas, they can work out too. Um, what I have found is they want competence, right? The alpha wants competence, and you can't really. I, I find it's a mistake to fall into too much of a a subservient role to an alpha because they're going to run your life, right? They're going to be, they're going to want answers when you, when they want them. And so you need to establish those like establish boundaries, uh, be competent, um, be clear in your communication. Don't be uh, vague. So that, I think that's what an alpha is going to respect the most.
1: Yeah. And honestly, alphas um, more often than not fully respect someone who comes to the table with competence and confidence. So if you, Come at an alpha with I've been here before and this is what we need to do. Yeah, that usually goes a long way. Now, I, I will say that, you know, sliding little statements in like, this is your house. If you if you, if you really want to list here, we can list here, but here's what I found. You know, yeah. something like that, you know, can also go a long way yeah. too, so that they kind of feel like, you know, you're pumping their ego a little bit. But yeah. you need to meet them where they're at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of deference, I think it's good. It's like, yeah, hey, well, you know more about this than I do, but here's what my experience has been. Right, so that's a great way to say, "Hey, I'm recognizing your authority here. I'm recognizing yeah. your competence here. I also have experiences of my own, so I'm not, right. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just sharing my experience."
1: Yeah, and bringing data to the table too. Like we always talk about um, showings versus offers and everything like that. Just having that data to back up what you're saying. Like, hey, I told you. If we didn't have this many showings and this many offers, then we need to drop the price. Those types of data work, work really well with an alpha.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then the last avatar we have, and we could probably come up with several more, but these are the ones we're going to stick with. Uh, the dynamite stick, and this is the person that's always drawing the line in the sand. They they can overnegotiate. They also like to blow up. They're like, "Well, we can just wrap this deal up right now. We can just blow this up right now." I yeah. also do the release. You know that that person. And, you know, I've, I've found with these folks, you just want to reaffirm, like, it's like, hey, look, wh- where do you want to end up here? Right. Let's reaffirm the outcome. Let's reaffirm what has happened to get us to this place. Give them time to process these things logically. Sometimes they'll shoot themselves in the foot and there's nothing you can do about it. We just had an experience a couple of weeks ago where <clears throat> he said, uh, hey, you know, I'm not going to, I think it was an air conditioner. And he goes, well, I'm, not, I'm just not going to fix it. And we go, okay, well. You're you're going to fix it, or you're going to have to disclose that it's not fixed. Anybody that wants to buy this house is going to want to fix it, uh, or is going to want to want it fixed. And and then he's like, well, now nah, I'm just not going to do it with, for these people. And you go, well, you're going to cost yourself more money. So we had a, a real close deal. We were about a thousand bucks apart. And he wouldn't do it, and <clears throat> it ended up costing him. He ended up working with that same buyer, but it cost him five more thousand dollars because he busted the deal realize what a mistake he had made. They went back to them and they said, "Yeah, we'll come back in, but we want the whole thing paid for."
1: Yeah. That's what happens. You have to meet these people with so much logic that they eventually feel stupid that they've acted this way. Yeah. Like you're like, "All right. Yeah. Don't fix it. That's cool." Yeah. But guess what? We're going to go back under contract with a different buyer. Yes. They're going to want it fixed, yeah. and they're not going to give you half because they're not already invested in the deal. They're going to right. say we want the whole thing, and that's exactly what just happened. Yeah. So meet them with so much logic that they're like, ah, all right, this is stupid. And they still might. And they still might. And that's fine. But (laughs) that's that's how you combat it. Usually
0: sometimes the, the dynamite stick needs to lose the deal to, and then they'll get the other one. At least a deal. Yeah. At least. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, the sex, so we've got the avatars established. So let's talk about generally. So one of the things is just when you're dealing with conflict is just to get understanding and to communicate that understanding to the people that are involved, and and that's just a really good uh, in human interaction. It's always good if I go, hey, look, if if you and I have a conflict, you know, and and hey, we have conflicts now with work. It's okay, yeah. like, hey, you know, uh, we've never really yelled at each other or anything like that. But I might say, hey, help me understand where you're coming from. Yeah, we and did that yesterday. What you're saying is this, yeah. right? You go, okay, well, yeah, what you're saying is this. Okay, and now that we have understanding, then we can work to solve the problem. And
1: honestly, so a lot of times, and this happens with us, this happens with you know me and other relationships, but a lot of times you are you might even be saying the same thing. You're just saying it differently and it's yes. not resonating with the other person and just getting a level of understanding. We're like, all right, actually, we're saying the exact same thing, just different ways.
0: I'm going to tell you, this will be a game changer. If, if you're not someone who has done that before or just wants to make yourself feel heard, the best way for you to get your to have your point heard is to hear the other person's and to reaffirm their understanding before you come back because they're not listening until they feel heard that's right so take the lead and and get some understanding put yourself in their shoes Beautiful. and yeah
1: all of these avatars this is the way they deal with stress as we talked yeah. about listing a home, buying a home, all of these processes are extremely stressful. Yeah. You only go through them a handful of times in your lifetime. They're not super well-known to everyone, and they're stressors. They're stressors on your family, on your life, everything. So that's the way they're dealing with stress. You have to understand that, figure out what the stressors truly are, and then learn how to you know, make them more comfortable with whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so establishing excellent communication practices. So knowing when to call, text, or email Real estate agents, I find specifically this, uh, you know, millennials and zennials, this, they love to text. The problem with texts are they are often misunderstood. Um, The tonality is not there. And so it can be really, really difficult to communicate everything via text. Um, So knowing when to use appropriate communication forms for certain, uh, for, for certain, uh, deals in the, or certain parts of the deal. So one of the things I like to say is like, hey, if you got to have a critical conversation, it needs to be a uh, scheduled phone call or scheduled conference call, critical conversations. If it is just a non, hey, I'll see you guys there at 5 p.m., like non-critical information exchange, that's when you text, okay? And then if it's, uh, if you're informing on process or just general information, timelines, things like that, that's good for email because they can reference it they'll hold it and they'll reference it versus like having to go back through tons and tons of text So that's what happens is uh, if you're having to flip back through tons and tons of text and everything's done to buy text tonality' missed it's just a jumbled mess and I find that email is a great way to give some order to the transaction yes um, so yeah don't you know especially critical conversations and again the the point to a scheduled phone call, and what I deal is, and as a broker, I am getting a lot of deals when they're about to fall apart or it's very critical, there's high stress in the situation. And so I always set up as like, great, let's schedule a phone call for later today, right? That establishes me as a professional. It's like, okay, I, I can't just pull off and deal with it whenever. I have to deal with it like at a time that we've all agreed to so that we can all be present. Then we say, okay, tell me what's going on. Great. Here's what I'm hearing you say. And then we can work to solve the problem. Uh, but just having that, again, established communication form format is going to be is going to create the most or the, the, it's the best case for creating a good outcome.
1: Yeah. The only thing I'll add here is when you have critical conversations over the phone, follow it up with an email that states mm. what you discussed, because
0: thank you for saying that.
1: The conversations get forgotten. People don't remember exactly what was said. Yeah. People might, if especially if numbers are talked about, they get all confused. Yes. Follow it up with an email. Say, hey, here's what we discussed on our three o'clock call. Let me know if you have any questions. Just to have that on record. Great point. Great point. Okay. Trust me. I've known from experience.
0: Uh, yes. Okay. Establish good contract. Actually, establish excellent contract practices. And if you are an agent that is not good at paperwork, do not do it. Get a TC. It's worth every dollar you're going to spend on them. It's usually nominal when you consider the amount of money uh, uh, that it costs versus the best case for a uh, potential outcome in a closed deal. I mean, you're gonna make a lot of money. It's fine to spend a fraction of that, a fraction of a percentage of that on someone who's going to make your life a little bit easier and make you look like a professional.
1: Well, and paperwork doesn't make you dollars. You don't need to be doing it.
0: Uh, yeah. Ag- agreed. And, but some, I mean, we fight this a lot with agents They're, well, I want to do my own paperwork. Okay, fine. But if you're going to do it, you need to be excellent at it. And what I find is a lot of agents are like, it's the end of day. They let something slip. They miss a timeline. They put the wrong date on there. And someone who's in the transaction coordinator, they've got that hat on. They're going to be far more detailed and they're going to get it. They're going to make you look really, really good. So, But but whatever you do, make sure you are excellent because it's going to communicate that professionalism to the other agent. It's going to uh, communicate professionalism to your clients, et cetera, et cetera. OK, uh, five, be a professional and don't get dragged into the drama. OK, so I, I watched this thing the other day on on Instagram. I was talking about um, I, I'm trying to remember. It was like a CIA agent and he was talking a former CIA agent. And he was talking about the concept of um, most people live in their own perception. The difference is that some people can get perspective. Okay, so we all live our lives in our world based on our experiences, and um, we look at things from our point of view. Well, if you can get perspective, that gets you above the the that perception, and can create other opportunities to solve the problem. And so, getting perspective in a conflict is one of the most important things that you can do. Again if you can kind of get above it, I always think about getting above it and and playing like chess and not checkers, right? Checkers is like, you're kind of battling it out. And if you're playing chess, you're kind of getting above that chess board, right? And it's strategic. And so you're thinking, you're trying to create, you're not trying to win an argument. You're trying to create the best outcome.
1: Yeah. Problem solving. I, I used to talk about this a lot in the corporate world. Um, problem solving is a great skill for any business, especially true in real estate. But you cannot be a great problem solver without perspective. Yes. You have to learn how to gain perspective from other points of view, other vantage points, how other people are thinking about a scenario makes you a great problem solver. Yes. Because then you can understand, all right, the way that we're going to solve this problem, because both sides have to come to an agreement is understanding where they're coming from.
0: Right. Yeah. If you can kind of get in there, yeah, in their head, understand and you can solve that problem. So get perspective.
1: And by the way, that's just a great life skill.
0: Yeah. True. Yeah, understanding where people are coming from. Conflict in
1: your marriage or with your kids or, you know, uh, your friends, whatever. Like, understand where they're coming from.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, and and again, you don't have to draw a line. You don't have to—and you don't have to win every argument either. Um, You can create—again, the idea is that we're getting to a closed deal where everybody feels like it went fairly, Right. Everybody goes, hey, this is a good outcome. It's not about you winning an argument. Everybody has to compromise a little. Okay, that's right. Okay, uh, number six, establish a great team. Okay, This is where your lender comes into play, your title companies come to play, your transaction coordinator, your inspector. All of those people are critical because what they're going to do is they're going to be looking out for you and they're going to be covering your, covering your butt. Right? Because you are going to miss a step here or there. And a great team, a great lender, a great title company, they're going to see it and they're going to cover for you, right? Or they'll do the communication or they'll, yeah, they've got your back. And so it's essential because you, you, I don't care how good an agent you are, you're not going to do this on your own. You can't, you know, write the contract and do the loan paperwork. It's like, it's going to take a team, right? So you have to delegate at some level. I know as real estate agents, we often struggle with delegation, but you got to delegate the loan to someone. You got to delegate the title work to someone. So the people that you're delegating to make sure they are of excellent quality um, because they've got, they'll take care of you. You need people that will make you look good. All right. um, What else? What are your, what, what takeaways do we have?
1: Um, Yeah. I just think about these avatars because that's, that's yet another way to gain some perspective. Yeah. All of these people feel a certain way for a reason, and you have to get to the bottom of it. You have to understand it. You have to reason with it. And then you have to uh, educate them and teach them about why you may want to think about your perspective. So mm-hmm. all of this is about perspective. I'm glad we kind of wrapped up or, or that was near yeah. the end because it's just so important. It's so critical to really you know, understand where these people are coming from. They're not being difficult on purpose. They yeah. feel a certain way. They are stressed. Yeah. Help them.
0: Yeah. I think it's really important that those avatars are not there for you to judge that person. They're there for you to understand them, right. To understand where they're coming from. So yeah. Um, that's great. Well, good. Uh, anything else before we wrap up today? Nope. Awesome guys. Uh, Hey, make sure to like, and subscribe, uh, join us at six figure real estate school. We've got another uh, class launching pretty soon. Um, Hey, give us a Google review for a free t-shirt and we will see you next week. Thanks guys.